I hope that you are all doing well and enjoying this holiday. We've got a great show for you today, but um, for your viewing and betting pleasure, of course. We're going to talk AFC and NFC championships as we look ahead to those two matchups. Uh, NBA futures. John Morant has returned for the Memphis Grizzlies. It's the honeymoon phase in Brooklyn. They're all, you know, joyous in the borough, thinking that the Nets have already won the NBA championship. So we'll talk about that. And I was reading a story yesterday um, as we were getting close to the Australian Open, how Novak Djokovic is, you know, has all of these demands and he's pretty much, I mean, who is it? To be fair, would be struggling if you had to do a 14-day quarantine. But I can only imagine what the players are going through as they have to sit there and be by themselves, so to speak, uh, and not really being around the people like they want to. But anyway, we're going to look at the early odds for Australian Open on the men's and women's side. But first, first, let's start by recapping what we witnessed yesterday and Saturday in the NFL. In my picks, by the way, my daily picks, as it stands right now, I am 10 and 7. I'm going to be making a pick uh, later today. I'll put out on social media my Bucks at Nets pick. I'm 10 and 7 right now, and I should be. I should be 11 and 6. I should be 11 and 6. If Patrick Mahomes does not go down with a concussion, and I hope he's able to return for the AFC Championship, I don't think that there would have been the comeback by the Browns. And I was sweating the end of that game. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen here? I just couldn't believe it. I was... Somewhat impressed by Cleveland, the fact that they didn't wilt under the pressure of playing in a game of this magnitude against the reigning Super Bowl champions. I thought they actually didn't play that bad. They ended up losing the game 2017, and they had a couple of chances to win late, and they didn't. And as I joked on Twitter, if they lost, Chad Henney was a starting quarterback or he came in to replace Patrick Mahomes, rather. Uh, either way, the Chiefs fans are going to be drinking a Henny at the end of that game. But I guess now they would be able to celebrate because they won 22-17. The next game between the Saints and the Bucks was the hardest game for me to go into and even think that Tampa Bay had a shot. The first game of the season, the very first NFL season opener was Bucks Saints. And the Saints won. And then the Saints go down to Tampa Bay and just totally obliterated Tampa Bay. They only scored three points in that game. But that was almost a game that woke up the Bucks. After that, they were a different team, which was amazing to witness as, you know, they kind of, it was almost like that game was their smelling salt, so to speak. And it wasn't so much their offense that won the game yesterday, but their defense. Their defense was amazing. I was impressed with the four turnovers that the defense was able to cause, which I didn't expect to happen. And I'm sure in many ways, I mean, obviously neither did Drew Brees, but Drew Brees just didn't seem himself yesterday. And I wonder if part of that was playing in his mind already that 
he knew this could very well be the end. And for Tampa, this was a point of them signing Tom Brady is that, hey, we're going to make a deep postseason run. And they're doing it. They're doing it. I was amazed that they won the game 30-20. to 20. And the beautiful video, if you haven't seen it, of Drew Brees and Tom Brady after the game, playing with Drew Brees' kids, it was just a really cool sight to see even if you know it was sad for new orleans i imagine on bourbon street right now they're having a a parade but i guess it's kind of a funeral but not in a bad way necessarily but i think you know more of like a celebration of drew Brees' career in new orleans as a player assuming this is it because he already said he's going to stop and quit once, and then he had signed a contract with NBC and then reneged and said, no, I'm coming back. So I'm, I I think this is the end, but I guess with him, you know, you don't quite know. You don't quite know. The games on Saturday are about as, as I expected them to go. Green Bay, I thought, would beat the Rams. I did call that game. I thought that as much as you want to say defense wins championships – uh, I think in this case, Aaron Rodgers' offense can beat the Rams' defense, and they showed him. Even even my guy, as a fellow, as a Pitt alum, Aaron Donald, I want him always to do well. He had, what, zero rushes on Aaron Rodgers? And Green Bay wins easily 32 to 18. 32 to 18. Buffalo, I love the story of the Bills. My heart still goes out to the Buffalo Bills for making it to four straight Super Bowls with Jim Kelly and not winning one. One of them was a loss to the Washington football team. I'm not going to call them what their name was before that. But Buffalo beats the Ravens 17-3. to I thought that Lamar Jackson had got the monkey off of his back, but apparently not. Apparently not. And he also got a little banged up in that game. And Josh Allen's moving on. So as we look ahead to the next round, the championship round, AFC versus NFC, you see you got the Bucks and the Packers. The Packers are favored at minus three and a half across the board on DraftKings, FanDuel, Bet Rivers, and Unibet. And in my mind, when I think about that game, I am, I wonder if there is an opportunity. for Tampa to go up to Green Bay early. And the reason I say go up early is because when I was thinking about what's the advantage, because you've got Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, two of, obviously, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, arguably the two best in the NFL right now. Tom Brady has never faced Aaron Rodgers in in the playoffs, so that that's a first, and that will be quite interesting to see them play against each other. And so, when you add to that the fact that for Tampa, you know, yes, Tom Brady has played in cold weather with Green Bay. You have the seventh-ranked offense versus the fifth-ranked defense. The sixth-ranked, uh, seventh-ranked offense in the Bucks versus the fifth-ranked offense in the Packers. The sixth-ranked defense in the Bucks versus the ninth-ranked defense in the Packers. This is all shaping up to be a very, very close game, and for the line to open up at minus three and a half for the Bucks, I feel like that has to do with the weather. You don't know, you know, playing on the frozen tundra 
if that's going to be, you know, tough for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to play under those conditions, that's one that I think about with with the Bucs. If you look at their record over the course of the season, I think that's the one thing that I have to think about is can they handle the cold weather? Can they handle the cold weather? They beat Washington in the playoffs. I guess you could say that's cold. The Saints were indoors. And if you look at their losses on the road, who did they lose to? At Chicago. Now, granted, you could say October 8th, maybe it wasn't that cold, but bottom line is, you know, that was a cold game, so to speak. That's the way I look at it. That's the way that I look at it. Is will the cold play a factor? And it will play a factor, but how much of a factor will it play when you look at this matchup? But I love the matchup. I mean, on both sides of the ball, you've got Devontae Adams for Green Bay. Obviously, we already talked about Aaron Rodgers. I like both of these teams. I think this is the NFC Championship that we kind of wanted, right? Yes, this is what you're looking for. Aaron Jones. Even the head coach, Matt LaFleur, the young, up-and-coming, offensive head coach against Bruce Arians. The old-school coach who's still trying to get to the big game. Now, if you want to talk about signs, if I think of last year, everybody talked about Andy Reid finally winning one. If you were looking for reasons to bet one way or the other, I could see you saying, well, maybe this will be Bruce Arians' year. I could see that, and I'd be cool with that. I would be cool with that. I think when you have, you know, Brady, the fact that he brought uh, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski to play with him, you've already got Mike Evans on that team. You've got some, some studs on offense and defense. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it. On the other side of the ball, or other, excuse me, championship in the NFC, not the other side of the ball, that I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. You've got the... Chiefs favored at minus three. And I think that a lot of that depends in my mind on what you're going to have in Patrick Mahomes. The line opened at minus one. And I'm actually surprised that it's gone even more the Chiefs way. Because of the simple fact that what what is going to happen at the quarterback position? If it's Chad Henney, 
even if you're saying he has to come into the game, if you look at what happened at the end of that Browns Chiefs game, now I will say that Chad Henney made some plays when he had to. But overall, I would say the healthier team and possibly the more talented team is the Buffalo Bills. But the main thing, obviously, going for the Chiefs is at least the game is at Arrowhead. If it was if it was in Buffalo, I would easily be leaning more towards the Buffalo Bills. But the fact that it's an Arrowhead, we just got to wait to see what's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes. If he can't go, I think that line shifts. That line has to shift. And I would think it's going to favor Buffalo or at least the line is going to go down to like one and a half if by Saturday we don't have an answer if Patrick Mahomes is going to play. And it may even flip, but I think that's going to be the key. That's going to be the key for, at least in my mind, my decision of where I'm going to go with this game. But right now, okay, you'll take cheese favor. Assuming Patrick Mahomes comes back. The Bills are 12 and 6 against the spread. The Chiefs have not done well against the spread, which is a funny thing. They're 6, 10, and 1 on the season. And I put that out in my pick yesterday. And as I'm looking at it, and it's like, wait a minute, the Browns are 3 and 1 against the spread in their last four. Two of those games they won outright. The Chiefs have not been good against the spread all season, and especially down the stretch. But when Patrick Mahomes went out, they had, what, a 12-point lead, I think, at the time? So before he got hurt, I was like, okay, I think they're go- I think this is where it's going to be. I think they're going to be just fine. Sam says that, yes, they did blow out the Packers already. 38 to 10. But in my mind, it's more about the cold, and I did gloss over that. So thank you for the reminder, Sam, that they did beat the Packers already. But I am almost throwing that game out of the window when I think of – and I probably shouldn't because that's kind of bulletin board material, right? Aaron Rodgers probably wants to, you know, get back and the Packers, not just Aaron Rodgers, wants to get back at the buck at the Bucks for that bad loss, thirty-eight to ten. But that's just more ammunition for the Packers. But I think the cold will be the biggest factor in that game. That'll be the biggest factor. And then, of course, in the Chiefs Bills game, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. We'll see what happens with him. Not so sure. Not so sure. But I'm looking forward to Thursday's show, which I will then give my picks. Sam says, smells like an underdog teaser to me. I'll buy that for a dollar. I would. All right, coming up, we're going to talk NBA divisional races. There have been some changes in the Eastern and Western Conference. Bucks plus 10, Bills plus 9. Underdog teasers. That's a, that's a big number. I don't know about that one. We're going to talk NBA on the other side of the break. John Morant's return, Harden trade. What does that do for those two teams? But more importantly, the divisions. What it does for the divisions. BetMGM is a new online sportsbook that has taken over the online betting nation. Not only does BetMGM have some of the best odds on all the major sports, but they also offer some of the industry's strongest weekly promos. This week at BetMGM, you can get $3 and free $20 in-play wager when you bet $50 or more on any live NFL game. It's coming down to the last four, right? Final four. Here we go. Or you can get up to $100 in free bets in the free-to-play Pick 3 First Touchdown NFL Challenge. But that's not all. Right now, BetMGM has a special signing bonus for the Props Network listeners. All you have to do is create a new account at BetMGM and use the code JUSTSPORT20 to get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $500. That's right. Just enter the code JUSTSPORT20 
and up to $500 in bonus money is yours. You must be 21 or over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. So there's some big changes in the NBA. The two biggest changes in my mind as we are, I mean, nine games right now, Orlando and the Knicks are live. They were the first game up on TN, on NBA TV. The Knicks are up 47 to 38. My rookie of the year long shot was Obi Toppin. Also thought Emmanuel quickly might get it, but I don't know. One of the games between Cleveland and Washington was postponed. Minnesota, Atlanta. Detroit. Miami, the Spurs, Trailblazers, Phoenix, Memphis, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Dallas, Toronto, and Golden State in the Lakers. The two biggest changes over the past week for me, both of them kind of crept up on me a little bit. I remember on Thursday when... I saw it come across the ticker that James Harden was traded. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a that's a big move. That is a big move. And the return of John Morant was huge for Memphis. Brooklyn was one game over 500. So for anyone who thought that the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant experiment was working out well, maybe in Brooklyn they were like, ah, not so much. Six and four at home, two and two on the road as they stay, as it stands now. They've won three in a row. And for Memphis, getting John Morant back, they've won four in a row. That was big news. And I bring that up in the sense of looking at the the division winners. Philly and the Celtics have been pushed down to a plus 270 for Philly and the Boston Celtics at plus 350. The Raptors season, I mean, I hate to say it's over. I don't want to say it's over, but it's not looking good for a Toronto Raptors team that's 4-8. and eight. But they should be in the mix. So that might not be a bad pick for you to take. Is going ahead and take a flyer on Toronto at plus 1,400. The Brooklyn Nets are at minus 139. And all I'm saying, folks, is take a chill pill. Just a little bit. In my mind, this is the honeymoon phase. That's what it is. Yes, James Harden was amazing. First player ever to have a triple-double in his first game playing with a new team. Yes, Kevin Durant scored 42 points, the most ever. I don't want to make it seem like it's ever like it's a big deal, but first, the most points ever for him in a Nets uniform. Harden had 32 points, 14 assists, and 12 rebounds in 40 minutes. And by the way, I'm so I feel bad for Indy, Indiana. The Pacers, Karis LeVert's going to be out for a while. That was the one big player they got in the deal. Or the best player they got in the deal. And he's done. Who knows how he will be when he returns. But I look at these odds here and I'm like, okay, 
I could see. I, okay. But you, but the thing for me is let's, let's see four or five games in if everybody's okay with this. As Charles Barkley said, dribble, dribble. This is the, the dribble, dribble brothers. When Kyrie Irving comes back and he actually may play today, then we'll see, right? Then I feel like you could think about what this team will be. So give it a week, right? In my mind, we're just in the honeymoon phase. Let's not go overboard in thinking that the Nets are going to win the championship. I, I'm not saying I don't like them as a team. But, you know, I mean, technically, if the playoffs started today. It's not like they'd have home court advantage. And maybe that's something to think about. As it stands, the Boston Celtics are in first place in the Atlantic. The Bucks are in first place in the Central. And Orlando's in first place in the Southeast. And I expect it to stay that way. Or I wouldn't rather, I wouldn't be surprised if you look at those standings and you say, okay, I obviously the Bucks, yes, the Bucks are going to win the Central Division. Orlando, it's up for grabs. I think everybody thought Atlanta would be better. But let me tell you something. If you didn't watch me on NBA pick, picks and props, I think they're a little overrated little overrated. Even with Markel Fultz being out for the rest of the year, I feel like the Orlando Magic are the main competitor for the Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat are four and seven right now, but I think the Heat, if they can get it together, would be the better team. And watch out, now the Heat have to make a big trade. Now, the funny thing is, if I were the Brooklyn Nets, just because I could, I think I might go after Russell Westbrook if you're that if you were in any way concerned about Kyrie Irving. Just for fun, just for the well, I shouldn't say just for fun. NBA, you're not making picks just for fun, but could you imagine Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook back together again on the same team? Oh, I think it's a wrap. But I guess you say it's a wrap for Kyrie, but I feel like in the head, you just don't know what you're going to get with Kyrie. And maybe that'll never happen because obviously Russell Westbrook and James Harden didn't work out. But, you know, maybe that just didn't work out, but the three of them getting back together again maybe could. But I just don't want to count out the Miami Heat. And so, but... You can count them out if they don't make a big deal. And that deal maybe should be for someone, if you're looking at teams that are playing poorly right now, maybe it is the Wizards. Maybe they let Westbrook and Beal go. Let's just get rid of their contracts. Let's think about rebuilding because that's what we need to do because we're not going to win. Maybe. Or maybe the Heat will give them some young you know, maybe you get a Tyler Hero and a Duncan Robinson or, you know, a few draft picks, maybe. But I think the Heat and Magic in the Southeast are what you're looking at there, as I meant to pull it up here. The Heat are still favored at minus 200. And the Orlando Magic are at plus 550. Now, the Hornets at plus 2,000, they're actually in second place. You never know. You never know. Central Division, come on, that's locked up. Bucks, minus 2,000. You take the Pacers at plus 700, but losing Karis Levert, that's going to hurt them a lot. I just don't see any difference there out of them. And as I talked about from the start about the Memphis Grizzlies getting John Morant back as I go to the Southwest division. The Grizzlies are plus 1,000 at the bottom as a chance to be Southwest division champs. 
The Spurs actually at the top of that division at seven and six. The Mavericks are six and six. But I would I would ask you if you had an NBA team, what point guard are you starting with? Luca or Ja? I'd probably say if there were odds on that. 55% would say Luca, 45% would say John ja Morant. That would be my guess. But the bottom line is when I look at this Southwest division, in my mind, it's anybody's division to win. Look at the teams in this division and tell me each one of them don't have a superstar on that team. If not in the player, players, Dallas Mavericks, we talk about Luka, Pelicans, Zion, Brandon Ingram, Rockets, that may be the longest shot, but you've got Oladipo, Wall, and Cousins. They're playing for something. DeMar DeRozan in the Spurs, LaMarcus Aldrich on the older side, but still someone you have to contend with. And then you've got a young Memphis Grizzlies team. Who, in my mind, when you were going into last season, and even this season before he got hurt, Ja was sensational. He was, he's a, see, I don't like to use the word great. I'm going to say he's a good young player. He's a good young player. You had Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks. Justin Winslow. You had some guys on that team, Kyle Anderson, that you kind of look at and you say, okay, maybe. I mean, they beat a 76ers team. Granted, it was without Joel Embiid. And don't get me started on how... I do think in many ways, unfortunately, that this is tough. To, it's not even tough to say, but I just, in my mind, if I was Philadelphia, I would have probably traded, uh, I hate to say it, I would have traded Ben Simmons for James Harden. I would have. I think that... Ben Simmons is overrated. And if you look at a game when you did not have Joel Embiid, the player that was supposed to step up is Ben Simmons, not 11 points. Shake Milton should not be your leading scorer at 28 points. Tobias Harris, I'll give you that at 21. Ben Simmons, 3 for 9, 0 for 2 from three-point range? No, he's supposed to be the leader on that team. And he's just simply not. He's not. He's not. So to go back to what I was saying, Memphis Grizzlies, I like them. I like them. And with John Morant back, I could see. And the reason why, if, you, if you're like, no way, there's no way they could win it. But look at this. You've got the Memphis Grizzlies and the Spurs at plus 1,000. That's not that bad when you take into account the Detroit Pistons at the bottom of the Central Division is at plus 25,000. That's because they have no shot. They have no shot. If we look at the Pacific Division, the Lakers are minus 162. The Clippers at plus 150 because everybody still kind of thinks that the Clippers have a shot at winning the, 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 the division and even the conference. But the Suns, are at plus 12,000. 
And again, going back to how the Spurs and the Grizzlies are plus a thousand, you know, it's a little tighter. The the Warriors are plus five thousand. Maybe I'll take that bet too. Maybe I would. But I just, in the end, I just, I, I, I like what I see there. And then when you look at the Northwest division, you got the Timberwolves and Oklahoma City Thunder at plus 10,000. But this is also going to be a tight race coming down the stretch. Jazz, Nuggets, Blazers. They're all playing well. The Jazz have won five in a row. They're nine and four. Trailblazers are eight and five. Denver Nuggets are six and seven. So something's not going right there for that team, but they're getting better. They're getting better. So I think the, the Flyers, if you're unsure of, you know, what's a long shot bet, the best one is probably in the Southwest with the Memphis Grizzlies. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. All right, when I come back, we're going to end the show on uh, my thoughts about MLK Day and an experience that I had. And we're also going to talk Australian Open on the other side of the break. So those are the last two topics. That's it. All right, the Props Network is a place where bets begin. No. The Props Network isn't a sports book. It's where smart bettors and new players go before the sports book. Why? Because the Props Network has a few things that all bettors need. Exclusive sign-up bonuses, reporting on weekly promos, free betting picks, and live odds comparison for every game. A visit to thepropsnetwork.com before placing a bet guarantees that you'll be wagering the best available bonus and getting the biggest payout possible payout if your bets hit or your bet hits. But the Props Network isn't just another bonus site. We've also got great content. Follow the Props Network on social media, YouTube, and Twitch for updates all week from me on Just for Sport. That's me on Just for Sport and the rest of the Props Network team. Get ready to bet with the Props Network today. You must be 21 or over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. The triple-double is what Harden orders at Cat's Deli now. They need to make a sandwich for Probably should. Probably should. Why not? All right, the Australian Open is coming up. And it's about three weeks away. So we got some time. We got a lot of time, as a matter of fact. But the interesting thing for me is that I was, you know, scouring the news yesterday and I saw that Novak Djokovic is having issues with the quarantine. Andy Murray tested positive for COVID-19. They have quarantined 47 players total, but there have been positive tests that are causing issues. Australian Open, uh, they enforce strictly, I might add, a 14-day quarantine. They can't leave their hotel rooms to even practice. They can't practice. They've got to stay in their rooms. The coach for Bianca Andrescu has tested positive. Rafa Nadal, Dominique Team are going to be competing in the Australian Open, assuming it goes as planned, without their coaches. And Novak Djokovic is... He's kind of losing his mind. 
And I don't fault him for it. The issue for me is he wants to ease the quarantine restrictions. And this is a guy who held a tournament last year and people tested positive for COVID after playing in a tournament without masks. There was a party and a bunch of other events around his tournament. Nick Kyrgios, of all people, has been critical of Novak Djokovic for even asking for restrictions. Now, granted, Kyrgios went a little too far, calling Djokovic a tool. That's not right. But players are practicing in their rooms, hitting balls off the walls. Djokovic wants to be able to practice and see his coaches, and he's talking about the food is not of the quality that he expects it to be. I don't know, my man. I think you're going to have to live with it. And the reason why you're going to have to live with it is because we want the Australian Open to go on as planned. And unfortunately, the only way that that's going to happen is the players are the ones that have to sacrifice the most. Why? Because we want to see the players. Novak Djokovic, your favorite at plus 130 on DraftKings. I plan to have an Australian Open preview show the Thursday before the tournament begins. Trying to look at a panel. Maybe we'll get Frank Hanrahan, Ava Wallace. No promises, but I'm working on it. Dominique Team. You know I'm on Team Team. He's at plus 500. Rafa Nadal is down to plus 525. And as I mentioned, both of those players will be competing in the Australian Open without their coaches. So I'd be curious if that number is going to drop a little bit. But I see some favorites in here that I kind of like. Diego Sebastian Schwartzman at plus 10,000. Marin Chilich at plus 15. Thousand. Now, of course, got to see if they stay healthy. If they stay healthy. And then if you look on the women's side, Naomi Osaka is favored at plus 600. As I mentioned, uh, Andrescu, she's at plus 1100 and her coach tested positive for COVID-19. Simona Halep's at plus 1100. Sophia Kinnon's at plus 1500. Long shots could be Corey Goff, also known as Coco Goff, at plus 5,000. On the women's side, I would say there's less of a chance in my mind of a long shot. And if you look at the numbers that you can get some of these players at, it kind of reflects that a little bit, a little bit. But I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to having the the uh, Australian Open preview show here on the Props Network. And I'll be covering more tennis now that the season is getting started. So I am uh, really looking forward to that. But if I had to pick, if I've got to pick a favorite right now, just for fun, just for fun, How could you not pick Naomi Osaka at plus 600? On the women's side, I'm going to stick with Naomi Osaka. I'll see how the warm-up tournament goes when they are out of this quarantine. And on the men's side right now, Dominic Team at plus 500. But don't hold me to it just yet. Don't hold me to it. All right, as I end the show, I want to talk about uh, it is Martin Luther King Day, a time for us to reflect on where we are as a country. Um, the election is over and we'll be inaugurating a new president very soon, not soon enough in some people's minds. But 
in my time with the Washington Wizards, I have pretty much gone to every city and traveled abroad. But one of the cities that I always think about that I feel like in my mind I would have never, ever went to on my own, and I implore you to go when things open up and it's safe to travel, is Memphis, Tennessee. Not just to see John Morant, if you have the opportunity to, or to check out the old triangular, uh, their old arena, because now they play at FedEx Forum. There's literally a hotel right across the street from the arena, and it's right around the corner from Beale Street. It's one of my favorite hotels to stay in because of that. If you wanted to you know, pair it with an NBA game, and then Beale Street is famous unto itself. Look it up, B-E-A-L-E Street. Lots of great places to get food and listen to blues music. But there's also a cool trolley. And I took the trolley train to what is known as the National Civil Rights Museum at the Lorraine Motel. And for those of you who don't know where that is, that's the hotel where Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated. And I went there with some NBA players on a couple of trips that we went there. Um, we also made a stop at the Lorraine Motel. And it's eerie because of three things. The museum is great unto itself to just go in there and to walk through history. But they kept the car outside of the hotel where he was shot. You're able to stand on the balcony where Dr. King was shot and see his hotel room. They have it, you know, in a glass enclosure and you feel like you're in the room there. And we probably spent an hour or two hours, here's the key, on that side of the street alone. You also can walk across the street and see the hotel room where um, there are more exhibits for you to be able to learn more about Dr. King and the civil rights movement. But they also kept in pristine condition the room or rather the bathroom, if I remember correctly, where the bathtub is that James Earl Ray kneeled in, stood in, where he assassinated Dr. King. And to be there and you can see across the street is just an eerie feeling. And as we reflect on Dr. King's speech of, I have a dream, I don't want this country, as it has done over the past two weeks, to become a nightmare in our divisiveness. And maybe, as I mentioned on several times, sports can play a role in that. It's one of the few things that brings us together, so to speak. And maybe that's what we need. Because in the end, when I think of teams, we're all in America's team. And Dr. King spoke about peace. And us as minorities being able to be equals and afforded the same opportunities as others. And I hope that as we reflect on today of where we are as a country, that yes, as Dr. King said, thank God almighty, we are free at last. We have a long way to go. We have a long way to go. And I'm going to reflect on Dr. King as I uh, enjoy the day with my family. 
and watch sports, NBA basketball, talk to my kids about Dr. King, and watch some of the coverage on Dr. King as well. So enjoy your day. Thank you very much for watching Just for Sport. Uh, I appreciate the support. For those listening on the podcast, please leave a review. Ciao for now, everybody.